Hit it. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to Pod Me If You Can. This is Pod Me If You Can. Movie reviews by David and Lloyd. An Australian podcast on your favorite movies. Go to www.podmeifyoucan.com. Welcome to Pod Me If You Can. I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And today we get the Jim Carrey, Jeff Daniels sequel to Dumb and Dumber. It's Dumb and Dumber 2, also directed by Peter and Bobby Forelli. Uh, just a quick heads up, we've seen the film, we'll be spoiling the film. If you don't want spoilers, don't listen to the rest of the podcast, or watch the film before you do. Lloyd, had you seen the first Dumb and Dumber? Were you a fan? Of course, I saw that at the perfect age of 13 years old, and I love Dumb and Dumber 1. It's a great road trip screwball comedy movie, and that's one of the great things about American movies is they have this genre of the road trip movies where they take a road trip in a mu- uh, and uh, you've done this Dave, you've driven through America, I've driven through America. They've got the most beautiful landscapes and it's like a whole adventure, you know, stopping off in towns, getting something yep. to eat and everything like that. And I think Dumb and Dumber 1 captured a lot of that um in it and it's a great uh uh, icon of the 90s in particular Jim Carrey who was such a huge franchise like he himself spawned so many franchises we had The Mask we had Ace Ventura uh, Dumb and Dumber all of which um, spawned franchises Cart- I know Dumb and Dumber especially had a cartoon comic books collectible cards i think they had collectible cards um, <laughs> they probably did they probably did and a sequel that bombed miserably you know yeah, when Harry met Lloyd, the early one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I never much saw it. I heard it was terrible. I did see it, but I cannot remember it. And it's almost like I blocked it out intentionally. <laughs> Jim Carrey was the highest paid comedic actor in the 90s. He had the, the biggest paychecks. He had the, this draw card, this magnetism about him. And like with Ace Ventura and everything like that, it's a league of his own, isn't it? I yeah. Mean, uh, absolutely. I think it culminated as the Riddler in Batman Forever. And uh, in my opinion, he, he um, really steered his career, like tried to vary it a lot with Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, um, Man on the Moon, I think that was the, uh, uh, his biopic. And I think he's actually a very, very, very good actor. And now, um, you know, he's much older uh, I, I think Dumb and Dumber 2 represents uh, a, a kind of decline in his career, despite still being uh, a, he- a Hollywood heavyweight. I still think he has that name to draw people to watch his movies. I still think there's a little bit of that there, and um, but it shows a little bit of his how desperate his career is to do a sequel uh, in in a world of sequels, remakes, and reboots, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the last podcast we did was Tusk, but the one before that was sequels, and we were just talking about upcoming sequels, weren't we? Yeah. Jim Carrey, look, uh, I feel like my worry with this film was the same concern I had for Anchorman 2. So pretty much I was thinking to myself, I loved Anchorman. Will they ruin it with a sequel? Has it been too long? 20 years in the case of Dumb and Dumber 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, are they just going back to the well, you know, because they're out of ideas? Is that what we're about to see, you know? Yeah, uh, and, and had, that's a bit of a worry on Jim Carrey's career itself as well to have done this, I think. <laughs> Unless he was paid an absolute fortune and he's doing what Liam Neeson's doing with the Taken series. Oh, look, he probably was paid a fortune, let's be honest. But <laughs> the, the thing is, comedy in America seems to be 
dominated by Judd Apatow right now. Uh, and I, I'm so glad you brought that up. The, the common landscape for comedy, uh, you know, you got the Hangover trilogy, you got Judd Apatow, who's absolutely dominating. You got Pineapple Express and uh, The World's End. Is it The World's End that we did a review, the podcast review? Or Yeah, yeah, there was, was. Two, there was two apocalypse movies. I always get them confused. Um, so, and Knocked Up. So we get, we're getting a really interesting climate of um, modern-day comedy. And it's interesting because I do believe, and I think this is a positive to Dumb and Dumber 2, that this is Dumb and Dumber 1, but in modern days. Like, it's almost the same length. You can ro- you can turn off Dumb and Dumber 1, get to the end of Dumb and Dumber 1, put on Dumb and Dumber 2, and the whole narrative just flows. You know, it's as if you just jump right into this world. And that I think that's a very positive a, a very positive to um the directors because i don't think they've had a hit in a while and so they've as you said gone back to the wheel but they've been disciplined to stick to their guns does this film hold up in this modern landscape of comedy i don't know because i'm not 13 anymore um you'll have to ask a 13 year old hey is this funny does this comedy hold up or anything like that i'm not sure because um you know the uh, now that I'm watching these two characters who haven't aged, who haven't matured, I, I feel, and all um, critics have said this, it's like having dinner with that old friend and then you found them really funny when you were young and now you just find them really obnoxious. Um, I kind of felt that way with this. <laughs> I read something that said the characters are more mean-spirited and pathetic rather than lovably goofy and blissfully clueless. Maybe that's uh, nostalgia speaking. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, this is the thing. The audience, the built-in audience, is everyone who was 13 then. Yeah. But it's like, now we're older, has it been too long? Four or five years after Dumb and Dumber, this would have been the perfect movie time for this movie to come out. Yeah. <laughs> I was very sure, having seen the trailer, that the girl that they hold the photo up of, because she's not in any scenes in the trailer... I was sure the daughter was Emma Stone. Oh, okay. And I was like, okay, well, at least it's got (laughs) Emma Stone, right? And imagine my disappointment (laughs) when we finally meet the daughter. And I'm like, that's not Emma Stone. And I looked up the actress. It's Rachel Melvin. I hadn't looked it up on IMDb or anything beforehand. But I was like, ah, one of the few things the movie had going for it. You know, one of the things I was looking forward to seeing which was Emma Stone, who I imagined in my head was a big fan of Dumb and Dumber, and that's why she did the movie. Yeah. I later read that Jennifer Lawrence was a big fan of Dumb and Dumber, and she wanted to do the movie, and then she was in a small role that got cut and things like that. I was wondering if there were going to be any celebrity cameos throughout this whole thing, you know? Yeah. Bill Murray was in it. Did you know that? No, really? What part did he play? He was the guy wearing the meth, blue meth suit. His new roommate. You're kidding. Apparently, his character's name is Ice Pick on IMDb. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> but I wouldn't know that that was even true. Yeah. Like, you couldn't yeah, they see could his face at all. He looked too physically um, uh, active to be, you know, the old... I'm not putting him down, but he just looked like a young man underneath that, that blue if meth. You have, if you have Bill Murray on set, why don't you have him, like, finish making the meth then come over and say, hey, sorry, we didn't meet before or whatever. You know, contribute something. <laughs> well, I kind of like that they did that. Like, not draw attention to itself. Or by, the, by the way, that was Bill Murray underneath that. <laughs> like, you know, but yeah, why have Bill Murray? They could have had John Doe underneath that. <laughs> exactly. It's annoying. 
<laughs> there was far too much of this film in the trailer. This is one of those movie experiences where you need to laugh at the jokes. They need to be fresh. Do you and think... Um, I haven't... I was wondering that myself, and I, sh- I really should have watched it before this podcast, like watching the Dumb and Dumber 1 trailer, because I do remember seeing it on VHS. Back in the day, you put in a VHS tape and there's six previews. Unless you fast forward, you're left to watch them. And I do remember the Dumb and Dumber trailer, or at least the commercial for it in the VA- on the VHS tapes, showed a lot of the best jokes of Dumb and Dumber yep. 1. So do you think it's a case of... Um, this movie not having as much jokes as Dumb and Dumber 1 and then blowing all their best shots in the trailer. And then when you go and see it, you're like, well, I just saw that in the trailer. Well, I feel like a teaser trailer campaign would have been better where you're just like, they're back. And you show, even if you just showed the dog car flying through the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. And then said Dumb and Dumber 2 in cinemas whenever. Yeah, know? that's cool, yeah. You're like, short, sweet, don't, don't tell me anything because... The film started and you know how he's in the mental institution and he's been faking for 20 years. Yep. That's the beginning of the trailer. Yeah, so we know the joke. We know all the jokes, <laughs> except for the pulling out the catheter, which was new. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. But he's like, I got you. I was faking it for 20 years. All completely in the trailer. I was just waiting for those beats to play out, which, you know, was annoying because it was like the first five minutes of the film. <laughs> So I want to jump into this film and I want to be laughing right away. And I was like, what is this? You know, I've seen this stuff. Was your cinema packed? You know, it was pretty packed. It was. And there were two big laughs and I want to get to those. Okay. Uh, what what time of night did you see this? I saw this at nine or no, sorry. I think 6.30 at night and a handful of people in the cinema. Mostly very quiet. Wow. You know, it's it's doubled its money budget wise. Just quietly. So, I mean, it's it budget $35 million and the gross as of the 9th of January was $85.5 Oh, well million. done. They're out. Well, they've made yeah. their money. Oh, they're ahead. well ahead. Yeah. <laughs> the opening weekend made their money back. Opening weekend was enough. So, wow. I put that down to publicity and, you know, curiosity, especially because opening weekend, you know, you don't know what this film's going to be like. And there's enough of us 13-year-olds who had enough faith. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to sound like you know that i hated it because there were some jokes that i thought were right in the vein of the first one that were fantastic and i was a fan of the first one and yet i felt that the second one left left me you know wanting more i left the cinema disappointed um i forgot to stay till the end of the credits there was something after the credits apparently oh, Lloyd. damn it yeah I walked out. I was just like, oh, okay, they're just going to show some images of the old one comparing the old one and the new one, you know? So I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think maybe we've just matured, Dave. Like, you know, it's. Uh, uh, we'd have to. If we brought our 13 year old selves into the cinema, would we love it as much as we did the first one? Uh, I, I don't know. But all I know is being much older now. It's, I don't know, it's just a different film. Like, I had a couple of laughs, but I didn't love it as much as I did the original. I think these days what I do is I see the seams of the movie. These, you yeah. know, I go, uh, oh, they were driving that car and it was rolling down the hill. And then I think, oh, wow, that insert shot was quite expensive. You know, they <laughs> rolled a car down a hill. But it was probably, you know, and I think about the stuff in between, which I probably didn't do when I was 13. Mm. I was probably happy to roll with see a film, laugh, go home, <laughs> not think about it again, you know? What, what was your favourite scene from Dumb and Dumber 1? 
Yeah, the, the one that you l- laughed at so much. I thought about the stuff from the first film that um, I wanted to see in the second film. How about I answer it that way? <laughs> I thought, I want to see the dog car. That's iconic. And I know we're going to see it because of the trailer. I wanted to see them get into some suits. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they had those terrible suits that they got into. <laughs> uh, I thought maybe a tongue could still stick to something, you know, or... <laughs> Maybe worse, maybe like he could stick his testicles to something or, you know, there could be some physical comedy. And the other thing was the annoying sound, which I always found very funny. <laughs> the language they use in the first film, you know, it's, it's interesting. And then in the second film, they mispronounce words and the audience for mine was dead silent. <laughs> like the mind seems to correct the incorrect thing they're saying. Right. You know, I can't think of an example right now. But, like, a phrase, like a common phrase, like, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Like, if they said that and said all the wrong words, our mind corrects, like, to the correct, wow, you know, yeah, it's like a phrase, a you know. Test almost. <laughs> yeah, so, it was, it was weird. It was like how you see those things that flash up letter by letter by letter or word by word and you can still read it. Yeah. Even though it's, you know, not what you're used to. Some of that stuff made it into the film. I'm going to tell you the first time the audience really laughed very hard and i laughed too and it was when they went to see i mean they went on the bike and the the on the road again song and they rode up (laughs) they hadn't been back in years and the house was like three houses down (laughs) but the laugh came when he finds out he's adopted and she speaks in a foreign language yep korean or something yep and Jim Carrey is like, what? <laughs> and he can't understand what she said. And he mocks her accent, which it's terrible that we all laughed at that. Because he's obviously <laughs> racist and insensitive and stuff. But that's got, what got the first big laugh in my screening. <laughs> did, did, did that get a laugh in yours? Uh, well, my audience was very little, so I can't say it did. Uh, if it did, they were very quiet to themselves, but... It, like uh, the the amount of people in my audience, it wouldn't have you know registered on the scale. I'll just put it like that. <laughs> that uh, that line they did where they said, "Why would he put our testicles on the outside?" and he nut punches him. <laughs> yeah, that got a laugh too. Not as big, but it made me think that's exactly where the audience needs to be in this kind of funniest home videos. You know, I suppose you know mindset where you just kind of. I don't know, stoners probably love this movie. <laughs> well, it's interesting because the, both the characters are, like, obviously the title of the movie, and this is the whole joke, they're very dumb, they haven't matured past high school, but there is a sense you get an idea that maybe they might be mentally disabled, and if that's the case, we're making fun, or this movie itself is making fun of two disabled guys, you know what I mean? And you, you know, you question, should you be laughing at a lot of these jokes a lot of the times? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Brick, you find out in Anchorman, in his introduction, that he is, he said, in his words, you think he says, mentally retarded, mm-hmm. um, with his low IQ. It's like having two bricks in the film, but I suppose <laughs> worse. <laughs> well, they could make a Brick um, spin-off, but I, I guess the actor now is on Academy Award nomination territory, so I guess he's going to maybe ease away from his comedy background <laughs> well until he needs to go back to the well yeah. <laughs> Anchorman 3 would be a nice big amount of money yeah. I think <laughs> uh, some of my favourite lines I enjoyed the 
Did you have a C-section or were you au naturel? <laughs> um, the embalming fluid didn't get a laugh. Drinking embalming fluid. Yeah, I don't think many people knew that, what it was. Like, oh, is that dangerous? Is that... <laughs> yeah, well, what's embalming fluid yeah. about? <laughs> Maybe that's I'm drinkable. A, <laughs> I'm a fan of Six Feet Under, so I know all about embalming fluid. Oh, okay, fluid, yeah, I've got that as well. I haven't that. seen that. I, a lot of... <laughs> Um, well, I'll, I'm just guessing this. I shout out to my friend Andrew, who I saw this with. Um, we grew up together, so he was the perfect person to go see this movie with because we grew up with Dumb and Dumb. And you would have been perfect as well, Dave, if we were in the same place to, to watch the girl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when he goes up to see the girl, the um, you know, uh, asking where is this really hot chick, and she's now heaps older. She looks like she, you know, she's like almost Kathleen like Kathleen Turner. Yeah, Kathleen, yep. Turner. Kathleen Turner plays the part of. Frida, yeah, Frida, Frida and they're like they're, they keep thinking that uh, Kathleen Turner's a guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, uh, we were laughing um, at that. <laughs> <laughs> for me, that whole Kathleen, I don't really like Kathleen Turner much, no, but me. for me, that that whole part where they go on the road trip, they stop in the middle of the road, they're looking at the map, and they go back to the return address. Yeah, I thought was right in the vein of the first movie. <laughs> yeah. But that was perfect. I like, like it. I was going, no way. It's uncanny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I was taken out of the film a bit by the whole kidney thing. And obviously there's a twist later in the movie where he's faking it all along. <laughs> but the whole time I'm like, he isn't, doesn't seem to be in any pain from this kidney. He's not taking any kind of medication. There seems to be no real urgency. Like, he doesn't seem to be worried at all. So you saw he's- a bit of it, a bit of the twist coming? Well... I was, I was, I guess the twist cancelled out my doubts, oh, but, right. but it took me out of the movie a little bit because I was, I was watching it going, his kidney should be like causing him pain or he should be doubling over or something like that. I was, I was kept waiting for it to affect him or for him to collapse or something. I can't stand Which, anything with the kidney, like removing of the kidneys. Like I can't stand surgery. Like I don't mind it so much in movies, but the, what made this more powerful for me is like you never see it. He just mentions that I just had surgery, my kidney taken out, and he shows the scars and everything like that. And it was funny because I did not see that twist coming at all. But I was just shuddering. Go, oh, his kidney's taken out and he's still functioning, running around, you know, and all that. And blood might be coming out of his um operation. I was just like. I've got to pass out. <laughs> Do you know what I hated, Lloyd? What's that? And this was the, the joke I thought didn't fit with the movie. When he has the dream sequence and his daughter comes up and she's had a period and he opens the wine bottle oh. and hands her the cork. Yep. I didn't think that fit in the movie at all. Yeah. <laughs> Well, a lot of people, uh, my friends, a lot of their favorite parts was the dream sequences when he uh, fights against the martial arts chef and he rips out his heart and it's beating. Um, A lot of people love that. And they threw, I think, two major dream sequences in here. The first one being like he's going to be an awesome father from Jeff Daniels' point of view. And then the second one being from Jim Carrey's point of view where he takes around the day and once again a ninja fighting and fights um, all those ninjas, which is uh, really funny. I just wanted uh, to highlight something in that flashback sequences. You notice a guy in a wheelchair um, there. He, he was also in Kingpin. I don't know if you remember him at all in the dream sequence in Dumb and Dumber 2. He was there very briefly at the school dance. I don't think I noticed. Okay, there's a guy in a wheelchair there. He's one of the same characters. I'm pretty sure. My dream, I like to th- think this is true, that the Farrelly brothers, 
their world is all the same. Like the world of Dumb and Dumber, who inhabits that world is a character is um, you know characters from Kingpin and characters from Something About Mary. I like to yeah, think they're the same universe. Yeah, yeah, I like to think they're the same universe because Kingpin is actually one of my favorites of their um, movies that they've done. And um, yeah, both it's interesting. Both Dumb and Dumber and Kingpin is that road trip movie, and to a certain extent, there's something about Mary has that road trip element um, in it for sure. And um, yeah, I, ju- I just like uh, I like that universe. You know, I was I, I just hope like I was just hoping for that one sequence where they'll just bump into Ben Stiller or bump into Woody Harrelson. <laughs> yeah, I mean, comedies these days having like a cameo appearance. It adds something to the film. People go, oh, no way. Did you see in Wedding Crashes how, like, the guy at the end they go and see is like Will Ferrell and he's crashing <laughs> funerals now. That's something that stays with you, you know? Like, that, it's interesting. that cameo you didn't quite see coming. Uh, there's something about Mary, Kingpin, and Dumb and Dumber have this loose plot. Like, there is a villain in this and they got to outsmart or overcome that villain or that obstacle. In a lot of modern comedies, I don't know, like especially Anchorman, the the overarching plot of Anchorman, I think, is, you know, the story of the panda at the end and will Will Farrell become the main talent or will he, you know, learn to consider that women now can become talent and getting along in that relationship uh, with Christina Applegate. In the Farrelly Brothers um, films, there is a, I know, it seems to be a stronger focus at least on that narrative like at least there is some sort of plot device driving the comedy (laughs) and it's good to see i guess in dumb and dumber as loose as it is there's some flimsy plot you know involving uh you know a box that has to get to a destination and and a wife killing a husband you know that sort of thing absolutely yeah look they they had a plot the thing was no one cared i well (laughs) I worked on a film called Strange James and uh, I worked on that in Canberra and we shot the film and the film was edited together and they found that the film wasn't as good as they thought. So they did some reshoots and you know what they shot? Fantasy sequences. <laughs> Filler. And it was, it was stuff to put in and that would presumably go into the trailer and so it would look like the film would have more dimension these fantasy sequences were shot later and kind of inserted at you know random points because the idea of the film was that he has fantasies and they needed to shoot more fantasies in order to make it more interesting presumably for me these two fantasy sequences could have been done at any time and it made me think of that you know uh adding to the film to try and improve it (laughs) right sort of retrospectively the thing is about this road trip is they weren't alone. They had two things in the car with them. They had Rob Riggle's character, who was a twin. There, and there was also a box which contained a gift to all humanity. They go on this road trip, Lloyd. And, of course, <laughs> they do the fireworks gag <laughs> where they uh, blow all the fireworks against Rob Riggle. Rob Riggle, to me, he's a guy who... He was in Let's Be Cops as well. And uh, among other things, Step he's done Brothers, lots of... that's the only one I remember him from. I think he was in Hangover 3, and he was the guy that tases it. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in front of everybody. He just has this kind of crazy-eyed comedy look. And that's fine. But Rob Riggle isn't a big name. If I say Rob Riggle, people don't know who I'm talking about. <laughs> he's not a household name. There's that sequence 
where he lets off the firework in the car after obviously they've done some kind of farting truffle pig game <laughs> and he dies he gets hit by that train load yeah now the big problem to me is he's a twin brother and there's no acknowledgement they meet both twins played by rob riggle one has a stupid wig on and one has very short hair the one who has very short hair is like a commando or something uh he's some special forces guy and there's so much exposition about i'm not even going to bother getting into it but everything that the the mother says to him is so much exposition anyway there's no mention of the twin they don't say you know you you stole the car and went to get a haircut you know you could have just asked harry's been cutting my hair for years or anything like that yeah you know they never acknowledge the fact that they're twins at all and i know they're stupid but are they that stupid <laughs> no one acknowledged the twins no one said you look just like my gardener or anything like it was just this plot hole that just went nowhere <laughs> i was thinking had that convention been set in vegas they would have had to get suits to get into the convention remember they got dressed up in graduation gear yep but if you'd had the convention in vegas you could have had them get you know a suit rental and get something even crazier like a version two of the original suits they had just on a side note i was in vegas and our whole plan was to rent out suits um mm -hmm. to go out in we couldn't find a place that rented out suits and i called well, up several people that's insane <laughs> <laughs> and I when I called him up, I was like, uh, can I get a suit? Um, here, what? Hire a suit? No, we don't do that a, a lot of times. We had my bachelor party in Vegas. And uh, my, uh, I guess, they're like groomsmen, uh, the guys who were there with me. They found a suit that was horrible. <laughs> and uh, I had to wear it for, you know, like almost 20 hours or something. Anyway. The suit was terrible and like thinking about suit hire in vegas made me think that these guys could have been wearing suits in the movie yeah. and i don't i don't doubt that the convention was set where it was because that's where the convention really was mm -hmm. but it's a movie and you could also get a lot more cameos in vegas you know you could bump into people outside there was also a lot of opportunity for the people at the conference right they they all got judged. There was that mistaken identity thing where they all thought uh, Jeff Daniels was a famous professor. And look, that's fine. But you could have had some different people, not just the kids, presenting these, um, you know, ideas and inventions yep. to them. That was the perfect opportunity for like, I don't know, some cameos right there in the film. Well, speaking of which, did that get the second biggest laughs? The uh, peanut butter flashback. You know, they put in the dream sequ the the machine that projects all his thoughts and memories. No, oh. no big laugh. I'll tell you where the second big laugh came from, Lloyd. If you're ready, yeah. You remember the guy in the wheelchair who said, like, you know, what the fuck are you guys doing <laughs> in here? That got the second biggest laugh. <laughs> okay. When uh, he finds out who jeff daniels is obviously isn't really but who he thinks he is and he says no i'm a fraud i've been wasting your time and whatever and the computer voiced wheelchair guy says what the fuck <laughs> that got the second biggest laugh okay. huge laugh amazing the twist i didn't see coming in this lloyd was when 
they say that she's my kid. Suddenly, Jim Carrey thinks it's his kid. Oh, right. I was like, I was like, oh wow, okay. So the whole romantic storyline has gone, right? Penny is his kid, and suddenly he's treating her differently, right? Obviously, it's neither of their kid. <laughs> neither one of them knows anything about sex. As you find out at the end. And those reactions were really funny when she whispers what sex is. And then they say things like, that's where she pees and stuff. I'm like, oh, no, no, you can't unhear that. And, you know, that was very funny. I enjoyed that. When you have that twist happen and you find out that, okay, she's not his kid. They don't tie up the romance at all because she's perfect for Jim Carrey's character. Yeah. Well, you know, they have that. Yeah, they um, they had a very, the exact ending as the first one. You know, they walk off. Um, you know, with this uh, slight implication that they might have a possibility to meet and get into a relationship with girls. I don't think it was as strong in the second one because it was just two girls walking. You know, whereas the first one, it was like a whole bus full of beautiful um, models, what needing somebody to put on suntan lotion or something like that, or to oil them yeah. up. Yeah. Yep. So. <laughs> So I would have loved to have seen an ending that was closer to the first yeah. ending. Um, but them shoving them into the bush, like, was a bit nothing. Like, <laughs> I thought the girl, the lead girl they got in this, who supposedly plays Jeff Daniels' daughter, I thought she was too good looking. Like, way too good looking to be a dumb, you know, uh, dumb Well, I mean, you see, the, you see the parents, and the parents are Kathleen Turner, and and you find out later the, the dead guy. Yeah. <sighs> Look... Another thing they could have done, and that annoyed me, Lloyd, and I've always, I find these things and I'll write them down and I'll tell you on the podcast. <laughs> when they, um, they have the second Rob Riggle and they run into the bathroom stall and there's the shooting and he shoots into the stall mm-hmm. and uh, Jeff Daniels' character has left his shoes in <laughs> yeah. the stall. First of all, I think that seems too smart for him. To, like, leave his shoes there on purpose and then get into another store. Like, to be honest, that seems too clever that he would be able to get out of it. I thought if you'd had, like, a funny cameo, like a Ryan Reynolds or somebody showing off the bulletproof vest from earlier. Yeah. And then had them in the bathroom stall and they've just been shot and they're like, oh, it doesn't work. And then they die. Yeah. Right? That would have been funnier. I don't know, man. Um... It was very difficult to sort of just relax and enjoy it. And maybe that's that's the difference in age. Maybe that's because we're not 13. And I think said. if we do watch Dumb and Dumber 1, the original, um, again, I think we, we're just too blinded by nostalgia. We'll just be constantly like, oh, this is so funny. This is great. And then watching the second one, it just wouldn't have... It, I just don't think it'll have the same effect. So I don't know if Dumb and Dumber 1 isn't a good movie um, I like to think it's a smart comedy, but uh, I saw it at too much of a perfect age and it's too much within me to have an objective opinion on it. So it could be as bad as Dumb and Dumber 2. I don't know. And I don't know if Dumb and Dumber 2 is as good a comedy as Dumb and Dumber 1. I'm sorry to give that on-the-fence opinion on it, but all I can say is that being much older now, 20 years, um, you guys can do the math, since we're on the, uh, uh, 20 years on after Dumb and Dumber 1, seeing it now... I completely agree with the um, critics. It's like, you know, you have dinner with that friend you used to love um, in high school, used to think was so funny. They haven't changed, but you have. And I've definitely changed. I don't think Dumb and Dumber has. 
Um, I've got to agree with you, but I felt the same way that I did when I came out of Anchorman 2, and that was that I enjoyed the first one better. Yeah, so I've but got to say that the first one's Anchorman better. Anchorman 2 has very visible flaws, such as the length, which is the biggest one. I, I think I, I don't think Dumb and Dumber 2 has that, because it, it's, it's pretty much the exact same movie as Dumb and Dumber 1. I don't think Anchorman 2 is the exact movie as Anchorman 1. It, it's much longer. They tried to do a lot more things with Anchorman 2. Dumb and Dumber, I don't feel they tried to be as ambitious. I just felt like they recycled the exact structure, the exact plot, almost all, a lot of the jokes, um, you know, in Dumb and Dumber 2. So I, 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 I just feel like it's the same movie as Dumb and Dumber 1. Um, it's a bit of a moot point. All of our thoughts on Anchorman 2, you guys can dig up our podcast. Uh, it's, I don't know, within the last 20 podcasts, probably. I thought just quickly on Dumb and Dumber 2 that the soundtrack was nothing. Like, yeah. there, there was nothing particularly memorable yeah, in the, the soundtrack. Yeah, the soundtrack one on the first one was great. Yep. Yep, but just this one was nothing. It just felt like there was there was nothing to grab onto audio-wise. And you could have had so many, like, tunes... And the fact that they haven't done anything for 20 years, like Jim Carrey's been in an institution, you could have played on that humorously, like the fact that he's missed so much pop- popular culture. Oh, and yeah. Like, in- so like, instead, yeah. Yeah. yeah, instead all we get is like multiple scenes of him getting nappy changed. I just wanted to say one more thing. The box that they're carrying, which obviously doesn't have something for all humanity in <laughs> yeah. it, um, has four cupcakes, but they were kicking that <laughs> yeah, around. I know, it should have been heavily damaged when they opened They should it. have been smashed. And earlier when they shook the box, it rattled, and cupcakes don't rattle. So, very misleading, very annoying. <laughs> I found the film very frustrating to watch. And, and my wife is a big fan. I took her to the movies to see it. And she said, it was okay. The first one was obviously better. And I feel exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. I got to imagine that the next podcast we put out will be Birdman. Michael Keaton's on the way to probably win an Oscar for Birdman for his performance. I haven't seen it yet, and it's out now. So, I've got to go see it. Lloyd, you've got to go see it. Then we've got to talk about Birdman <laughs> next, Absolutely. But uh, in the meantime, you guys can keep busy on our YouTube page. You can find the link at podmeifyoucan.com. We're putting up obscure movie reviews with somebody famous in them. And uh, each week it's a different one. We've got a few good ones coming up. I don't want to do any spoilers or anything. But uh, new ones all the time. The most recent one, I believe, was Method with uh, Elizabeth Hurley and Jeremy Sisko. You won't, Sisto, sorry, you won't have seen these films. That's the thing. You won't have seen them, but you'll know the actors and you'll say, oh, no way. Like, I didn't know this person ever worked with this person or whatever the case may be. Or you have seen it and be like, wow, I can't believe you guys took all that time to make a review on that piece of crap. <laughs> That's right. So uh, check it out. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can find all the archive of the Pod Me If You Can stuff on podmeifyoucan.com. Lloyd, uh, I'm looking forward to some more requests in 2015. Absolutely, from me too. I, I enjoy. I really enjoy the requests you guys are putting out there, and uh, really turns us in different directions. I got to be honest. We're we're definitely going to do Avengers: Age of Ultron. So don't bother requesting that. <laughs> I'm going to force Lloyd to watch uh, Fifty Shades of Grey next oh, month. No. <laughs> Nothing's going to be worse than the two of us talking about that. I've read the books. Lloyd hasn't read the books. He doesn't know what he's in for. <laughs> I'd say we're definitely going to be doing Star Wars. Um, Obviously, Birdman, as I said, will be the next one. But it's pretty open-ended. We're not exactly sure what's going to fill up 2015. So if you have requests, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash podmeifyoucan, and you can make a request there. And if 
we request your film we'll say your name at the beginning and look i've had some uh, magnets some fridge magnets some buttons some stuff made up so maybe we'll start sending things out for good requests maybe when we do a request from someone we'll get their details and send them something okay yeah that's perfect 2015 pod me if you can's giving away stuff <laughs> Alrighty. well birdman next guys michael keaton it's going to be good uh lloyd always a pleasure thanks heaps dave all the best guys hit it Ooh. Yeah, yeah. thank you for listening please like us on facebook and follow us on twitter go to www.podmeifyoucan.com pod me if you can movie reviews 